I'm your host, Ahmad, back this week with my co-host, Steve. And I'm just going to call you Steve now because you made fun of me for uh, fucking up your title before. So just Steve is with us. Yeah. Steve, how you doing this week? You, you know, I've um, actually, I, I, I've discovered this rapper, uh, Glorilla. Like, you're going to laugh at me, but like, I kind of like her music. I thought it was a dude at first. I, I guess that's why I liked it. But <laughs> I kind of like that Glorilla. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, that's all the kids love her. Um, like I said, I thought it was a guy, but uh, I, I, di- I didn't mind that music. I, I heard it the other day. I was like, yeah, this is uh, it's pretty entertaining. And any recommendations for the people that don't know who Glorilla is? Because I, I, I would be the people in this case. I, I don't know who the fuck that is. I feel like you're making people up, but go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, Mike knows what I'm talking about. Ain't that right, Mike? Yeah, little little lady from Memphis. Yeah, allegedly. All right, so now, now do I have to look up? Let me look up Glorilla. I, I'm assuming she raps about how um, these niggas ain't shit and they need to pay her. Of course, like that's all the yeah, stuff. Yeah. About. But you know what though? Like, I, I think this is the problem, right? Because like female rap and you know it's similar with the to the WNBA, right? Like they try to market it like so the male rough game. looking broad. Yeah, she looks terrible. I gotta put some respect on Gloria. Hallelujah. She, she looks terrible. Like, it it looked like mm. yeah. It, you see that her name is Gloria. Hallelujah. That's where Glorilla is coming from. Uh, <laughs> that's halfway creative. <laughs> it, it looked like somebody like um, her face is like a Bob's Burgers like uh draw. <laughs> like like when you're creating a player. <laughs> And you're trying to space the eyes, but the button gets stuck. <laughs> it's starting to get mean. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. No, I was saying, like, you know, I think that's the issue with the, the female rappers, right? It's it's kind of like how, you know, the WNBA, they keep trying to market the, the man's game as, as the, like, how the woman's game is. It's like, you know, it's a different game. Like, you know, maybe if they marketed the game a little bit different, that you know, it would be a little bit more successful. I think the women are outselling the dudes. Are they now? Because I was going to say, like, you're just not the target market, Steve. No, not at all. So you're assuming it's the marketing isn't working because it's not catching you, but it's catching who it's meant to catch. But also, too, they make all those numbers up, too. So who knows what's what. Yeah, that is true, because, like, like, Nas said the other day, I was listening to some song where he was like, if 1,500 streams equals one record sale, like, who's platinum? Yeah. Like, like you know, so I don't even know what's popular anymore, or what's nah, like. Either. How do you even determine what's popular? Yeah, nah, got nothing for that. That's it. I I think so. I I got nothing. I got nothing for that. <laughs> so I, I got nothing. Just uh, just just just. So actually, have more fun describing what Glorilla looked like. I'm not going to lie. What song from Glorilla was it that you liked? Um, I think it's called FNF or something like that. Like FNF? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, fuck nigga free. Yeah, she's not saying nothing, but like it, it just sound good. It, it sounded like, like one of them throwback down south songs, so... Oh, all right. Well, like like I said, I thought it was a dude. I didn't even know it was. I didn't even know it was a girl. 
I'm, I'm, I'm be honest. This isn't really a good endorsement. Like you're not making yeah. me want to click on any of her music. So you probably shout out the Glorilla, I guess. <laughs> like you, you listen to that shit at your own peril. <laughs> like, um. So you know, m- moving on back to what we're here to do. We're here to discuss uh, another movie this week, and uh, this is this is like our fatherhood block of movies. You know, last last episode we talked about Lakeview Terrace with um, Sam Jackson playing one of the greatest rascal dads of all time in that movie, um, a movie that Steve loved. Like you know, that was his first five star review. You know, and, and as you've seen, Steve doesn't give up the five star reviews that easily on on this podcast. Like he's not impressed by great American cinema by Oscar award-winning cinema. None of that shit gets Steve going, but you know, that Lakeview Terrace, man. That, that was something else. Yeah, why the fuck so, would I give a why the fuck would I give a fuck about white struggle? Like who the hell was to see that? See, you see, you like you like black revenge stories. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I would see a, I would see a black man going all off of his like that's the only reason why strikes as as you would call it. That's the only reason why it's a five. I mean the script ain't good. So um, th- this week we mo- we moved back to you know a, a movie that I that I picked. Um, I-, I I like this movie a lot. The Place Beyond the Pines. I, I saw it. Um, I don't I don't think I saw this one in theaters, but I-, I saw it like not too long after it came out, and it- it's a movie that always stuck with me since I saw it. Um, and it definitely talks about fatherhood in like a unique structure where it shows from generation to generation how the decisions of one father affects the next generation and how they can kind of set up, set up a cycle. If those actions, if like the, those bad actions aren't corrected. So um, it's a Derek C in France movie. Came so out. it came out in 2012 um, starring Ryan Gosling, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Eva Mendez. Um, it's got 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's a little bit low. I think the, the critics that didn't get this movie, um, I, I don't, I don't really agree with their criticism on on why it's not good. Um, I, I think this is this is a great movie. This is what you kind of want in a crime movie. Like it starts off as a bank robbery movie. The middle part of it is a noir, and then the end is is like a family drama. And I, I think it comes to a satisfying conclusion. But uh, Steve, what, what did you think of this movie? Because you had never heard of this movie, right? No, seventy eight percent is about right. Um, you know, I, I felt uh the Ryan Gosling's performance, like him bankrupt, uh, him being a bank robber. I didn't really, um, you know, take him serious as a bank robber. Um, you know, I, I thought he was overacting in, in those scenes. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah, he was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! He's overacting. In yeah, this- it. I said in the in the bank robbing scenes, yes. He's over um, in the bank robbing scenes. It's he's ridiculous in those scenes. I'm like, yo, like, what's everybody? That's like his best acting in the movie. But go ahead, keep going. Go ahead. It, he looks retarded. What the Like, it's like, what is this guy having a stroke? Right. What else? No, nah, I mean, there's just lulls at times where, you know, it's it just like it, I, I like what the movie was, uh, you know, trying to do. And, and there's, there's definitely um, 
you know, different parts that you kind of look at that, um, you know, where it's halfway decent. But, you know, overall, it's just a, it's just an okay movie in my opinion. So, you know, we've done, we've done like, like 10 movies at this point, And I still can't get a handle on what you like in movies besides ceaseless action. Like, yes. Because, like, you know, in the pre-production, yes. you described the first 15 mo- minutes of this movie as boring. And, yeah. you know, like the first bank robbery happens at about like the 20 minute mark. I made a point to like pause the movie to see how quickly it got to that. Because to me, that was a sign that this movie moves pretty fast. It like doesn't really give you too much time to, you know, uh, meander in different parts of the plot. But Steve was like that first 15 minutes where all it did was just give the background of the story and why the Luke character needs to rob the banks. He he said that shit was boring. Yeah, so boring. like, so like like I I just don't get like what are you looking for like does somebody have to be getting hit in the head or cracking a joke like every thirty seconds for you, uh like to to enjoy a movie? I, I mean yeah I mean like I, said, I, I thought Lake Buteris was a nice little balance you know like if, if you could add a little you know a little uh dark comedy here you know somebody getting hit little ops getting shot up here and there like hey you know ain't nothing wrong with that I, I just like to be entertained that's what I watch a movie for. So I, to me, I, I think I think like from from the beginning, like this movie, um, it sets like the directing style, like in a very distinctive way, like how it shoots like that whole first scene as like one shot from him walking from his dressing room onto his bike into this cage and just like showing that like he's considered cool by all these people at the fair, but he really doesn't have a cool life. He just goes from town to town riding his bike. And then he finds out that he's got this woman in this town pregnant, um, this town that he only goes to once a year. And he decides to stick around and be and uh, be a father. And that sets all of these other events of the plot um, in place. So to me, that that shows like the movies like saying like something about what fatherhood is and what is required of a father. Like once you know you have a kid, like what is your response to that? Like, is it, you know, fuck, like I gotta make some money. Is it, you know, you know, I gotta be able to teach you how to be a man or all of this other stuff. Like, like what is it that drives a father to become a good father, a bad father or whatever kind of father he is? Like, that's the main question of the movie in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I think that should start before you decide that, hey, I'm just going to uh, grope a random bitch and get her pregnant. Like, I think that thought process should start, like, much uh, further than, oh, let me be in scramble mode. Because when you're in scramble desperation mode, you're never going to make good decisions. So, like, you know, that's that, that's just been my experience in life. Yeah, but everybody, as you've seen from the evidence of there being like 8 billion people on Earth, like yeah. every child isn't planned. So yeah. some in, in a lot of cases, you have to react to like, hey, there's a baby on the way. Yeah, so, sometimes you just got to go the other way. Like you, you saw we band the wire. He's like, you know, what, this guy could just do a better job than I can behind bars. So like, let me just like let that man go ahead and take care of my family. So, so that's the ultimate conclusion for you from this? Absolutely. Like, I think everybody would have been a lot better off if the Ryan Gosling guys would have just disappeared and never came back. So 
that's like the the first act of the movie like you know he, he has to make that decision of do i let uh mahershala ali's character uh Co- was it kofi uh yeah. take care of his son and um he he's not okay with that like up to a point where he until he finally realizes like oh shit i fucked up um and his last conversation spoiler alert it like he, he his last conversation is with his baby mom. He's like, look, don't even tell the, the kid about me because you know I, I I just fucked up really bad. Um, but that like the decisions he made, good or bad, affect his kid either way. And you see that you know in the third act of the movie that his son was gonna have a connection to him like me- mentally either way because he knows Kofi's not his dad because. Kobe's a black guy and he's not black and then he's going to school and he has guys like what's up with your dad your black dad <laughs> so so like I think you know and and one like if you want to compartmentalize it you can say yeah um this kid would have been better off Jason would have been better off if Luke never decided to rob banks and just rode off but Jason was going to want to know who Luke was regardless. So I, I don't really judge it and say that everybody would have been better off if Luke didn't do anything because Jason still would have had that void in his life. He still would have wanted to know who his father was, who his biological father was. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, like uh, nothing, him, whatever he did was in vain anyway because like the dude, the dude died. So it's like, he basically did nothing. So, like, no, I don't agree with you. But that's not the point that I just made. The, the point that I just made is that Jason, the son, yeah. always wanted to know who his father was regardless. So whether or not you decide to take responsibility for it in the moment, like Luke did, and I think we both can agree, robbing yeah. a bank when you find out you have a kid isn't the answer, but whether he decided to rob a bank or just decided to leave town, his son was still going to want to know who his biological father was and where he came from. So, like, that, that, that doesn't solve the, like, leaving, avoiding the situation doesn't solve the problem. That's what my, that's my point there. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lose-lose for the guy. So, like, you know, just get out of town and, you know, like, maybe we could create something stable for yourself. Then you try all that, but, you know. I think the the main thing is um, the Luke character, when he first finds out he has the kid, he decides to go and work. Like he tries to work a job like as a mechanic using the skill that he has. And then he eventually gets like pulled into the robbing banks by the guy that he's working with. Uh, That's the Jason character. Like he's obviously like wrapped up in the decisions of his father. And like that, that plays out in the, in the third act of the movie. But the second act of the movie is like when Bradley Cooper's story takes over after he accidentally kills the Luke character like during his last robbery. And you see like like that that incident of him killing uh, Luke like changed the way that he was able to relate with his son to where he just ended up being a bad father in a lot of cases or an absentee father is like how it, how it turns out by the time the third act starts that, um, and he even says at one point that he couldn't even look at his son anymore because of, you know, killing somebody else's dad. 
Um, so uh, what do you what do you think of like how they like they're showing you like these two separate paths where the first guy, Luke, is clearly on in desperation mode and he's making decisions on how to take care of his son. Avery isn't in desperation mode. He's like a, a rich kid from a rich background. His dad's a, a politician. He's like they turn him into a hero cop after he kills a guy and all of that. And like, he's considered like the golden child, but he still can't, um, you know, meet the bar of being like an adequate father. So what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I just thought that was just pure negligence. You kind of see it like, you know, he's just kind of more focused on just being like the tip of the top in his career and his profession. So you kind of definitely see, um, you know where it hurts his, his family life and I think it's kind of similar in the, the last movie we reviewed as well where it's like you know these guys they're doing so much overtime doing so much working where you know they don't have that same connection with the the family time so it's like I, I think like the director and the writer are they're putting the question in front of you of like what is a good dad because it's like you can come from the background of you have the money and your dad's there, your mom's there and all of that. And that kid was even more, he turned out to be even more of an asshole. Like the AJ, like AJ, that kid, he comes from the, the solid family background and he's more of an asshole than Jason is. And Jason didn't even know who his dad was. So he's what, like 16, 17. Yeah. Well, there was more of a, a structure in regards to that uh, other kid, the Jason kid, like he was, he did have the, uh, the black dad there to, you know, that, that the very least there's some sort of structure. They got family dinners and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the other kid, uh, AJ, he didn't, he didn't have any of that type of stuff. So, you know, that that's where you can kind of see where, um, I mean, like, I think the movie probably could have did a, a little bit better job in regards to like showing any type of, you know, uh, life that the, the AJ kid grew up with to kind of, you know, get some little backstory on him. So, the cop guys seem to be more focused on the cop stuff like that. That's from what I saw. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think he, he gets pulled into that later because he's still wrapped up in this trauma of killing, of killing the guy because he's still walking around with this picture in his wallet. I, I, I think, I think they showed it clearly that his character had a mental breakdown after he killed Luke. Because he goes to his therapist and he says what he's going through at that time. And then he gets pulled into this thing with these guys and they end up going to Luke's house. They end up going to uh, the house and he actually holds the baby. He he holds Luke's baby after he killed Luke and all that. And it fucked him up. And even later on, when you get to the third act and his and he finds out his son starts hanging out with Luke's son, he doesn't want any part of it, but he doesn't want to explain why he doesn't want his son to have any part of it. He never wants to face like what he did. And like, until, until it finally like hits him in the face at the end of the movie. Like, mm -hmm. I think with movies like this, the director or the writers, like they're, they want you to make those connections uh, without like having an explicit scene where the character's like this is my motivation as to why i'm doing what i'm doing it's like they lay these little breadcrumbs like you got to put the story together yeah I, I just uh didn't think anybody would be that soft but you know now that you're saying that uh, you know i'm kind of piecing it together now 
he would be that. So, yeah. so you're you're just hard as nails over there. You 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 kill people no remorse. That that's how it, you get well, down. At the it, you know, for one, you know, if you're a cop, right? Like you have to be prepared for you know certain situations. You know, at the end of the day, you can't just come in shooting for one. And you know, if you're going to shoot, then you know, let it be what it is. Like you not like how can you spend the rest of your life just drowning out that moment? You got to figure out how to fix that and get out of it. Maybe just not cut off for that profession. Um. To say he's like not cut out to be a cop, like maybe, maybe that's that's the point that they're trying to say. But I think it's also more the point that his dad never wanted him to be a cop, and his dad ended up getting what he wanted anyway by him being involved with those dirty cops and and having to rat everybody out to come out on the other side of that situation. So to me, I think the point of that section of the movie is to show you can try to go against like what your father or wants for you but you you're born to certain situations like he's born to be a politician he's born to be in that world he tried to go into the cop world he didn't fit in so he had to go back to the world that he was groomed for and it's like the same thing with with jason at the end of the movie like he didn't know his dad he knew kofi to be his dad but he like he's groomed to be like Luke no matter like Luke is in his DNA and like that's who he's gonna be like like regardless and then um because you made a point a couple weeks ago about like you know the way you go about things like because I really didn't respect the way he went about trying to get to where he wanted to go so but you know like you said that that we might be uh skipping ahead like to to different cuts uh, different sections of the podcast so yeah 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 we'll just leave it at that so, um, so like this movie, the reason why I like it so much is because, you know, I, I like like the three act structure and the the first part is just like, you know, this like little heist movie. It, you could almost look at it like it's just a short movie about a guy that's a motorcycle rider that decides to start uh, robbing banks and then he dies in the course of one of his robberies. And, um, you know, like if, if that's just a movie by itself, like, that, that's a movie that stars Ryan Gosling. I think that's a really good movie. And if you draw that part of the movie out, you could have made a whole movie out of that. But this movie decides to be a little bit more ambitious and, you know, completely switch the story over to a different protagonist in the second act and tell a completely different style of movie, like a crime noir in the second half and, and well, in the second part. And then, the, then you know, the third part of something else. So with that three-part structure, like, I think the first part is the best part of the movie. It really, like, sinks you in. Um, and this was probably, like, the first movie I saw Ryan Gosling in when I was like, I was like, oh, shit, he's actually, like, a really good actor, which is why I'm, I'm like, a little surprised to see you say that uh, you thought he was overacting in those scenes in the robberies. Because, like, like, that's, like, my favorite line in the movie. Like, he runs in, he, like, in the first uh robbery he like slaps himself in the head to like get motivated he runs in there and he like grabs the guy by his tie and like he's showing that he's like nervous but he's also trying to like instill fear in these people at the same time he's like yelling pray and his voice is cracking and all yeah, this shit like it's funny i think that's really good acting like yeah, it's, it's, it's I, i'm funny. just surprised that you don't see that no, it's it's over the top. Like, uh, like I said, I, I thought it was more comical than anything. But like, yeah, I mean, the rest of that, like, he 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 sold me on the uh, 
the dirty white man stuff. Like I just, I just didn't. I wasn't sold as him as a bank robber. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the robberies are convincing because it, like, they also show like these small town robberies that, like, um, you see in like movies like this and like uh, Hell or High Water, where guys just run into like these small independent banks and like those are the banks that you can get that style of robbery off in so i i I don't know i just find that part entertaining and i think like what he's trying to do is like show like he's not really competent at what he's doing because by the time he gets around to that last robbery that where he gets caught um he's just being stupid and and like really like robin was the brains behind the whole operation anyway like robin's like look this is how you do it this is how this is how you don't get caught doing it because he's like i did it like 12 years ago but i fell back because it got hot and luke like the shit gets hot and he doesn't fall back and it's like bro like no you're supposed to just take what you can don't get greedy and then you know move on but he couldn't do that because he was like he had like tunnel vision about that kid. And I think he was like, he like, you know, he he had like that, that pussy on his mind too. Like, yeah. like, you know, like like I, I think that's part of why he was uh acting so crazy too, because he's thinking he could get Eva Mendez back. Yeah, no, you'll never get your bitch back. A wise philosopher once said, Yeah, but um <laughs> But yeah, definitely agree with everything you just said. It's like, you know, the, the brains of the operation uh was was 100 percent um what you call him, uh Robin Mendehall, whatever his name was. Like, um because yeah, they, they call it they they call him Rob, Robin Van Cleef. What is it? <laughs> Robin Vanderhoof. Because it's like, yo, like he's giving them specific directions and like it, 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 as soon as he gets to the bank, he's not even following the directions that he's giving him. It's like it's like, yo, like, all right, go go after the the uh, old lady or like the most quietly. He doesn't do that. He's like, yo, don't show you gun. Like he's over there flashing his tool. Like he's just ridiculous with these like uh, robberies. Like just stupid. You can't say like I think you can say with a lot of confidence that Luke isn't a smart guy. No, like not even he, he's not smart. Yeah, but I I think he did the best he could. Like he followed those directions the best he could. I think he thinks he was doing a good job. And I mean, like technically, they got away with it. So yeah, I guess you can't really, you know, get away with it. So so we talked a little bit in the pre production that um, really, like this whole movie doesn't doesn't happen if Romina isn't being messy like and uh causing confusion and trouble between uh Tofi and Luke at the beginning of the movie uh and I'm sure you you want to expand on your philosophies on that no I mean I don't really got too many philosophies there's, there's a dark part of the uh YouTube that that will tell you all about that and she's definitely the type of woman that those guys talk about I think they call it the red pill community uh they talk about female nature like she she's definitely the, like this is like that at its uh, purest basis form. It's like I, I'm gonna have this guy that's gonna take care of everything, but I still get my shock and my thrill with this white trash guy. So yeah, like this is like uh, a, a direct uh, vision of that. Well, you know, 
I, I'm not gonna lie. You, you, when you put, kind of pointed it out to me, like how she's like the the generator of all this trouble in the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh no, she was just trying to be a good mom. But then I saw, I'm like, well, yeah, she did just show up at the beginning, just hanging out around the carnival, like you know, looking for Dick, <laughs> and then. And then, like, she doesn't even tell this guy that he got her pregnant, and he has to find out from her grandma by basically, like, becoming, like, half a stalker, like, to find out that he actually has a kid over there. And um, she does, like, lead him on and start sleeping with him and to the point where he's running up in Kofi's house with cribs and shit, like, thinking that he's gonna, he's gonna get her back. And, um, but, you know, Future wasn't out at that point, so he probably wouldn't have known that he was never going to get his bitch back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> a, a wise philosopher once said, you'll never, ever get your bitch back. Yeah. So um, but but like they actually don't highlight that in the movie. I, I don't think like where they make like all of these like subtle and metaphorical references to, you know, a father's actions like being like the determining factor of your destiny but i think like his mother like in who he who she chose to lay down with and continue to lay down with like after she had already had a kid um determined his path just as much as anybody else but then like later on like she even says to the avery character like you get away from me you fucked up my son's life i'm like nah you kind of fucked up your son's life by, by like just like making this whole mess at the beginning. Well, yeah, but I don't have those type of expectations for women. Like, like why why would I expect a woman to make a, a, a lifelong decision like that? Like and be accountable and responsible for that. Like, I, was, I don't. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you, Steve? Yeah, like I like why why would I expect them to make the right person who to lay down with to create a family for the rest of. That kid's life, like who, why, who would, who would think about that? She's a person with with rational mental faculties. She should be able to make her own choices, right? I, hey, all right, you said that. You said that. I yeah, that's, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right. fine saying that. Right. Like, I, I'm fine. I'm fine saying that she's responsible for her choices and that she made some bad ones. Yeah, you know, I'm just not gonna touch that one. That's what, like what what you normally say is like I'm not gonna touch that one. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> I'm just not going to touch that one. So, like, like that that third act where you get like these the two sons like and they end up colliding like you know in their own way. Um, what did you what did you think of like that that ultimate conclusion? Because by the time you get to the the beginning of the third part of the movie, like after it changes for the second time, I'm wondering like where where is this movie going? Like what what is it trying to say? And by the end, I think you you get a good answer for it, at least for the Jason character. I don't know if you you do so much for the Avery character, but um, what what were your thoughts on like how they wrap how he wrapped everything up in the third act? Well, I I do think it is interesting. It's like what is the you know the writer slash director trying to tell you about like how impactful an an apology you know is you know just kind of showing that humility and that remorsefulness. Um, you know, like I, I thought that was kind of uh, interesting to see where it's like he kind of stands down at that point. Um, you know, they're both really scared in that moment, uh, and they're both kind of confused. But just you know, th- that one apology, he's just like able to walk away at least, and then just kind of 
turn away from that and just start his own life from there. So I thought that was like the most, I thought that was the message that I took away from that specific ending of it. You know, I, I never thought about like the, the apology part of it. Um, because I guess like, like my view of the end was that Jason is going to end up being like his dad, like later on. Right. Um, and, but maybe, maybe it's left ambiguous that he's gonna, um, you know, just ride out, ride out West and find his own way of life. But like, to me, it's kind of just showing like he was going to end up being just like his dad later on in his own way. Um, don't really know if they really came to a conclusion for the Avery character the, or the AJ character where like he was an asshole when you meet him and he's still an asshole at the end he's just an asshole that gets beat up one time but I don't think he learned a lesson from that or is going to be any different or or um or bet or better off where I think you know Jason you could say yeah he might be better off Avery actually might be better off now that he's finally been able to apologize but i don't think aj learned anything from this whole situation no, i don't think he learned anything either like that that kid is funny to me because i'm just like like what what accent is like what voice is that like it sounds like he, he sounds like a, a special needs balboa like i've never heard nobody talk like that it's more like a special needs balboa is crazy <laughs> yeah, balboa like... sells special needs by himself like, you know, that's how that kid sound. I'm like, like, what is this? What is his accent? Like, is well, he trying? Well, I, I'm just gonna throw that out right now. Like, I have Emery Cohen down as worst performance. Like, <laughs> his performance is so bad and off putting that I don't know if he's just trying to do like the upstate New York thing. And I've never been to upstate New York, so maybe there are people walking around that talk and act like that. And if they do, they need to be stopped. But <laughs> but, it, but it, it just like to me was just like, what is this performance like? I, I, like, is he trying to be like 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 you said, autistic Balboa is probably, it's probably like, <laughs> that's, like, that's like the best description for it. What voice is that? Like, I've never heard nobody talk like that. I've never seen it. Like, yeah, I'm from Troy. Are you from Troy? Like, yeah. Yeah, Detroit. I'm like, who talks? Like, Nobody talks this? like that. Like... So, but, but yeah, like, I, I think like that kid is the type that you see um, will be in court claiming affluenza as a defense as to why like they hit somebody while they were drunk in their car or some shit. Like, that's not a guy that learns from his mistakes or is gonna, um, you know, provide anything valuable to to society, or as Steve likes to put it, contribute to GDP and yeah, be honorable. Yeah, but well, he's a white guy, so he'll be sustained by the system. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and his dad's a politician. Like, he'll exactly, probably yeah. be a congressman. Like, yeah, 20, like twenty years later, exactly. Like, 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 he'll just run for his dad's seat, and his dad will be like, "My son is the best <laughs> thing ever for this county." Like, he could become president one day. <laughs> but um so so uh getting into the categories what would you say is the best performance in this movie i would say like bradley cooper like because i thought he did really a good job of um you know showing like the nuance of like somebody in that situation um you know and also just kind of showing 
uh, just how much dedication he had to that job, you know, where he's being questioned, uh, well, in the bed with his wife, he's like, no, like I'm doing this. This is what I want to do. Like, this is my path in life. Um, you know, even like that, the, the bitch made scene at the end, like, which the, the end was like, that, that had to be the the bitchiest showdown that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, <laughs> but, you know, like he consistently is, at, you know, able to kind of like shed those tears and, uh, you know, I just I thought he really did a good job, you know, through and through, just kind of showing the nuances of uh, somebody in that position. See, like Bradley Cooper seems like to me somebody that's always a little bit confused as to what he's supposed <laughs> to be doing in a movie. And I don't think this movie is any different where I don't think he does drama very well. Like I've seen him in comedies and I think he's funny like in comedies because he's like in on the joke but in this movie like i don't know like like when he's in the when he's in the hospital and he's he's like literally confused and disoriented after his shooting i think that's the best acting that he does in the movie like the rest of the shit like where the guys are like breaking his balls at his own dinner table and all of that like and he he just acts like a deer in the headlights for the rest of the movie and even when he's like demanding like to his sergeant, like I'm snitching on these guys because that's what I'm supposed to do. Like I just don't believe him either. Like I, I just think, oh no, he just seems like he's acting a lot. Like he 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 seems like a very effortful actor in my opinion. Like I'll never watch Bradley Cooper and be like, damn, like that that that, that was some great acting. Yeah, well, well that's like, what, like... He, he just gets the job done in my opinion. Yeah, I thought he did the job in this movie. Because that's the only thing, like, the Ryan Gosling guy, like, I, I feel like he wasn't in the movie enough for me to be like, and plus, like, you know, like I said, the bank robberies, that just, that, that kind of, the that kind of chopped it down a little bit for me. I was like, all right, like, a little over the top with this, with this fucking put the buddy in the bag shit. Well, I, I think the Ryan Gosling performance is, like, a lot more subtle, and it's yeah. like... Like he he has to do like a lot more eye acting and it's like he has to act like, you know, show like this repressed anger, like where he, he really is like a crazy person, like underneath like this, yeah. this like nice exterior. Because like when when he's like putting the crib together and and uh, he tells Kofi's like, yo, you need to lower your voice. And Kofi's like, yeah, this is my out. Next thing you know, he's like hitting him in the head with a pipe wrench. And it's like, damn, that escalated quick. But like the whole movie, they keep zooming in on this guy's eyes and he has a dagger next to one of his eyes. I'm like, yeah, this guy's not wrapped too tight. Right. Like, and I, I think he he plays that pretty well because you could walk around and like be like crazy eyes killer the whole movie if uh if you give the wrong person that role and where you're not where you're not as surprised when he starts doing violent shit. Yeah, no, I thought he was great as white trash. I just like, like I said, he, he just kind of he threw me off of the bank robberies. I'm like, I, I don't think so, sir. So, so what's a good bank robbery scene to you? Like, what, what's um, what's what's good bank robbery movies? Movie, I, you know, you? you know, I got to go back into the annals of history and, and look it up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the bank bank robbery stuff is hard to pull off. I don't know. I mean, like, you got, like, the town, you got... I haven't seen that in a while. Like, like, like those, those are, I would say, are probably, like, the best, like, robbery movies that you'll see, like, the town, heat, um... 
Yeah, I, I don't know of any other ones that are really like on that level. Well, like Heller High Water is real good, but like Heller High Water is like redneck bank robbery, so they don't really have to play in those two <laughs> too much in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta, uh, I gotta watch the town again. I haven't seen that in a while. Okay, yeah, no, the town, the town's great, but I, I feel like you, you'll be very bored by the whole Ben Affleck and his, uh, his little girlfriend in that movie story. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, like, he won't be able to tolerate that. <laughs> yeah, all the little romance stuff, like. Even in that Lakeview Terrace, like th- that romance stuff was very cringy. He's sitting there, it's like, yeah, you know, you're my wife, and we're married. I'm like, come on, man, I don't need all that shit. Like, just get back to Samuel Jackson, shoot you. You remember that teacher we had back in school, Mr. Roosh? No, no, I don't remember. Well, I, I, I remember one time, like, we were watching movies in his class, and he's he told us that there's no such thing as a good movie that doesn't have a love story in it. Like, right. and I kind of put that, that to the test and you kind of do see that in pretty much every movie. Like, like there has to be a love story, but you, you don't think a, a movie needs a love story to, to like have any like weight to it. What was the love story in the movie we saw? Um, what's your plain view guy? Like what, what was that love story? He loved his son. Is that a love story? Fair enough. All right. Yeah, like, like, well, it doesn't have to be like romantic love, but it's like, like, there, like, love has to be the central driver of of a movie. Otherwise, what are we doing here? All right. You don't agree? Like, I don't think Adam's even Adam Sandler movies are driven by love. Like Big Daddy, like he loves the kid. It's terrible movie, but he loves the kid. Just say it, man. All these, all the little boot up seeds be corny, dog. Like I'm trying to see that. Even Blue Streak was a love story. He Blue loves Streak the money. Is, Blue, <laughs> he loved the money. <laughs> That's the good one. He loved the money. <laughs> so, um, I already said worst performance to me was em- Emery Cohen as as AJ. Um, you know, do, do you disagree with that? What do you? Or do, I, I agree somebody else one. stand out as bad? I, I agree with that one. Um. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I don't even. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. I I just I I don't even know if that guy's a bad actor if he's just like miscast because at a certain point I think that's on the director because like if you're doing like this like Daffy Duck from the Bronx like accent like the director has to tell you at some point like that's not what I want so the director was looking at him like yeah this is the guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I you know like I'm starting to rethink like if. Are certain people bad in movies, or is it the director just didn't didn't see what we see? Yeah, it's probably like, a little bit of both. Maybe the director was like, "Yo, this guy's the shit." Like, <laughs> this, like this is exactly what I thought when I wrote this down. <laughs> I, well, you do see cases where certain people do sab- try to sabotage the movie, like the dude at Belly said he tried to sabotage um with the the, the Nebraska Goofies, uh, where he's like. He's like, uh, cause he said DMX uh got the maid role or whatever. And um he was supposed to get you remember the nigga eating a banana and shit? Like he he was yeah, he Ty, said, that's Tyron Turner. He said that he um he did that over like he was like, yo, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna wear this little wig, I'm gonna eat this banana, I'm gonna ruin this movie. Like <laughs> so I'm gonna eat this banana. I don't like that. Like I don't like that. Like so there are cases. See, like, like tr- trying to not be a team player, you, all you do is become a meme. Like, <laughs> fucking idiot. 
<laughs> and, and, and where's Tyron Turner now? He don't even have a career. Like, like you just go come on set and be an asshole. Like that don't even make sense. That that is some that's some bad shit. Your director, you got sabotage with actors to deal with. Like you, you got DMX. They said DMX used to just be like, "Hey yo, you want to leave for two hours and go race go karts?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and just delay production and then you got this asshole just eating the banana all over his face like i like kids need to rethink if they want to go out to hollywood for a job like everybody out there is fucking nuts that is crazy i've never even heard of no shit like that could you imagine going to your nine to five with that attitude like you know just go fuck up all the orders today like, I don't give a shit. This is at your desk in the middle of all like that. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. insane. <laughs> that is insane. That that's animal behavior. That's fucking nuts. Do you know the story of Wesley like... Snipes and Blade Three? No, no. What did he do? He refused to open his eyes for a scene. Why? He was mad at the director, so he just he got on camera and wouldn't open his eyes. So they use CGI eyes. Yeah, but see, like, like, like that's when you can tell like actors are really starting to like lose touch with their sanity. Cause you know, that nigga thought he didn't have to pay taxes too. And then the, the IRS saw to him about that. So you can't keep playing with people. Like you gotta deal with reality. That's crazy. Yeah, these deep actors are hilarious. More um, like that. All right, so <laughs> I guess that that's a perfect segue into into my favorite part of the podcast, uh, animal behavior. What, what did you have for animal behavior in this movie? Well, I I thought the part where um uh what's his name AJ had uh almost killed the Jason kid because it's like yo you didn't have to beat him up like that you could have just kicked him out and you just start like just beating him up to a bloody pulp. It's like he just pretty much let the drugs and the alcohol talk to him. It's like, yo, I gotta kill this guy now because, like, he tested me at the crib or something. Like, it's like, no, nah, man, just like touch him up a little bit or whatever. Let him go about his business. Like that. That was just ridiculous. But maybe he thought that was a touch up. I mean, he's still breathing. Yeah, he almost killed the guy. It's like you, you almost blew up yeah, the whole smoke. Like... Yeah, like ruined the whole party. Like, like that was just dumb. Like that that was animal behavior. Um all right. I mean that's that's fair. I I'm not gonna disagree. But uh like to me, I, I think the animal behavior had to be dirty cops. I'm like I'm like they they ran up in these people's house with no warrant, um, asked for coffee, like <laughs> Like went upstairs, lifted up this man's baby out the crib to like search for for the stolen money and all of that, and then had the nerve to like go back and try to get him to like shave off some coke from the evidence room. I'm like, all of that is animal behavior. And then yeah. like the sergeant, you know, he was just the worst of all time because I'm like, bro, you at least have to act like you're a sergeant. <laughs> Like you, you at least got to toe like the 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 fake line of 
hey, I'm an authority figure here. Like, you can't be completely a dirty sergeant. Like, that. that's crazy. Like, that's way too animal. And, like, they all ended up in jail. So that's, that's got to be my animal behavior. Yeah, the, the sergeant knows the deal. It's like everybody's dirty. Like, this is the game that you're in. So, like, it's like now the whole unit is going to turn on you. So the sergeant just knows it's like, yo, it's extra problems for me, dog. Like, you're creating extra problems. Like, I got all this other paperwork to deal with. All these other assholes up my ass that you're coming in here with, like, that fucking... Like, what do you want me to do with that? Like, yo, get out. Like, I, I'm on the sergeant's side. No, I, I disagree, because it's like, you know that... that You have to know your audience. Like, this guy is a flag saluter. Like, he's gonna go blow the whistle on yeah. you, too. So it's like, <laughs> you like you almost have to, like, in the interest of self-preservation, be like, all right, man, like, damn. Like, I'm mad that you came in here and snitched, but I can't go down with the dickheads that you're snitching on by trying to protect them. Because, like, you know, you know, that guy's like, that's like a dog with a bone. You either kill that guy or it's yeah. over. Like, well, and yeah, you gotta set they him did up. try to kill him. They, they, they did try to kill him. Yeah, you got to set him up. But that, yeah, the, 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 that was the funniest part. Like, the DA, he was like, he's like I'm not shaking your fucking get out of my office. Like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what you're doing with this? It's like, yes, sir. It's like, I'm not shaking your head. I'm off this. <laughs> just skull. Because he also knew the guy was a piece of shit that yeah, killed just Luke, Luke and lied about it. It's like, all right, so that's okay, but now you want to come snitch on these guys? Yeah. Like, no. Nah. Yeah. Now I'm starting to think Avery's animal behavior. I'm like, I'm like, damn, bro. Just, just snitch on everybody? Like, the one guy, the guy's kid was calling you Uncle Avery or some shit, and you snitched on him? Yeah. Like, that's that's just fucked up. He's a scum guy. But um, so I guess well that that that's what I had written down for not how the game is played is a Avery snitching because I, I think it's funny like with cops like you know they're, they're supposed to be upholding the law and all of that but like they up they uphold that same code of you're not supposed to tell on other cops like, you can tell on everybody else but other cops. And uh, he, he like, breaks the cardinal rule. It's like they brought him in, made him family, broke bread with him, and he, he told on everybody. So that, that has to be mine, not how the game is played. Yeah, I, um, I definitely completely agree with you. Um, only other thing I had was um, when, uh, you know, Kofi getting his ass whooped. Um, I don't think you just come into a man's house um, like, yo, I'm going to build this crib, like, no matter what. Even though it's not my house, or like this guy, he pays the rent. Like this is he pays the mortgage, whatever. I, I, like, but it's I'm gonna make this mine now. Like you, you can't do that. You just you kind of gotta leave. Like, and you kind of saw like after dude beat up Kofi is just like there's a bunch of problems after that. Like you can't just hit a dude in the face with a pipe wrench. Like so you know now you got an extra case on you so. I just think that's not how the game is played. Just like, just get out of there. Like, don't don't pull up to another man's house with, with shit and not expect there, for there to be some sort of confrontation. And when there is, sometimes it's just better off just to get out of there. What? You've completely changed my mind about this category, and I'm going to go in a different direction. <laughs> because now I got to give it, based on everything you just said, I have to give it to Kofi. <laughs> and, and and I'm gonna call back to to lessons from Lakeview Terrace 
this was a key time for a preemptive strike. Like Kofi should have established dominance from the yeah. beginning. Like when Luke was in the crib, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, man, you know, you uh, can't be raising your voice in here, man. And all of that, like you have to grip this guy up and like establish dominance before he gets the chance to hit you and beat you up in front of your baby mom and all of that. Yeah. And, and 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 all that type of stuff. And even when, like that first scene when Luke is at the door, he's like, oh, we're going to do this today. And Luke's like, do what? Do what? I'm like, no, nah, like you can't be jaw jacking with this guy. Like yeah. you got established dominance from the beginning. So yeah, I, I, and to me, you know, shout out to all the guys out there that, you know, do the little stepdad thing. But, you know, I'm not doing the whole stepdad thing with this this lady you know, she got the little biker baby and the mom that don't have no papers and, the you know, the cops coming up in your crib, like the dirty cops all up in your crib and all that. Like all that happened while this kid was like less than a year old. Like you could have walked off like you had no obligation to still be with that lady. So I, I got to give it to Kofi. Like, I don't know what you're doing. And, and as T.K. Kirkland says, it's a group of college bitches graduating in June. <laughs> you, you do not have to live your life like that, sir. Kofi's clearly a guy who doesn't believe in himself. Like, I think this is a man who, like, this is this is probably, like, the best that he could get in his mind. So, um, I don't agree with you. I think he does have to deal with that. Kofi, a homeowner. Yeah. You know, he like he clearly has a job. Yeah. Like he's doing like and he didn't have any kids of his own. So he's doing better than half of the people out here. He didn't right. have to settle for that. Clearly he did. He doesn't believe in himself. E- either 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 that or you know, we don't know what Romina's doing in the bedroom. Like, no comment for that. No, no, that's that's ridiculous. Like what like why would that be a factor? That's a factor for a lot of people, Steve. All right, like everybody doesn't have your willpower. Yeah, like like what? Like who cares? All right. Well, um, so moving on to um, getting the box. I I feel like I just made a a strong case why (laughs) Kofi should get in the box. But uh, what's the get in the box in this movie? Um, the the get in the box. Um. I, I, I got to give it to the white trash man. Like, you know, uh, like at the end of the day, when you go to that, that last robbery, you know, you, you kind of got to get in the box for that one. It's like, you knew that wasn't, you was going to be able to pull that off. So it's like, <laughs> like that, that whole, that whole showdown was just crazy. So like, yeah, you, I got to, I got to put him in the box for that one. Yeah. I, I'm going to stick with what I have written down. Kofi. Like I, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think you should be in this situation. I want more for Kofi, like you know, like I, I just think Kofi could have had a better life than just to be in this, uh, this mess. Because like, like you see, like this shit is this shit haunted Kofi for like sixteen years, like just choosing the wrong chick and, and being involved in this bullshit. Like it, it was still causing him trouble. Like, you know, emergency room bills. Like, I know that emergency room yeah. bill was was a motherfucker when Jason gets his ass whooped. And you know Kofi the only one that got to pay that shit? Like, you yeah. know, Kofi, you know, you, you got to get in the box, man. Like, yeah, because the other lady that's, that's is a, no good. Other lady's a waitress, so you know she can't afford it. Like, this is 16 years later, she's still working at that same restaurant. Like, 
like without a promotion or nothing for 16 years like that's crazy and she, she started to look progressively like more haggard throughout the movie I'm, <laughs> I'm like yo this this lady is stressed out like i know that kid is a handful he's probably been a handful his whole life yeah like like kofi could have walked off at any time but he, he, <laughs> he stayed there like that, that's definitely getting the box like that's that slow death like uh, kofi's doing the slow death didn't he be commended? He's saving the children. Like he's doing, he's doing a good service. That's a good service. Yeah, he out here saving the children. He's doing volunteer right. work. He's the brothers doing volunteer work. You tearing this man down. See, the black man just can't win. Like you try to fight, get your neighborhood back. Like you get trash by by. You do, <laughs> you do, you do a little volunteer work. Like it's like, oh, get in the box. Like how dare you? I'm consistent at the, the so-called black man should mind his fucking business. Like, like that last guy died from not minding his business. This guy ends up in all of this generational family trauma from not minding his business. The biker man said, I want my kid and my lady. That's yours, bro. You got it. Yeah. I don't want it that bad. Hey man, black man just trying to come out here and survive, man. I don't know what you want this man to do. So was was he supposed to do, just put the Spanish chick or her mom out in the street with <laughs> with that baby to go live with that she guy? In the street? Fucking Luke again? Yes, that's where you want to be. <laughs> like I'll put you out hustling flow style. Put the baby out first. Get your core muffin head ass out of here too. Like what are you doing? I mean, that's what I would do, but I'm not going to slam a man. I'm not going to slam a black man for doing some volunteer work. Like, hey. Man, what does the skin color have to do with it? Like, like that that's a goofy. Like, I don't, I don't care what color he is. That's that's that, a goofy shit. That, that is that, goofy shit. That nigga is the Salvation Army. Like, you going to tease that man. Sorry. It's a good man. So, um, what, what's, what's your ultimate score for this movie? This is actually a relatively solid movie. I think I think I'm gonna give it a four. You know, um, they, they definitely did their thing in regards to definitely the cinematography and all of that, and you know, just kind of how the characters uh, fit together and different things like that. So, you know, it was a relatively decent movie. Uh, I, I wasn't too bored uh, watching it, and you know, like I said, it's it pretty decent. So, I'll give it a four. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. I think the only thing that stops this one from being a five is the the Avery the AJ performance is inexplicable, and um, I I think like they could have they could have like done a little bit better just making the the solution of the movie more realistic like or more clear what they're trying to say because I don't think the 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 AJ character makes any sense in the end of the movie it's like he doesn't learn anything. It's not like there's a clear connection in his future to his dad's past, like you can see with the Luke character. So um, I just think that that whole character is like a misfire, even though there's some unintentional comedy in it. I just think like that that's like the real weak point of the movie. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that was the place beyond the pines. And I think that's the last last movie we're doing on like fatherhood. So what are you getting from all these movies? Who's the best dad that, that we've met these last couple of weeks? Um, uh, definitely Abel. I mean, um, 
you know, he he's such a great dad that he's willing to sacrifice himself to clean up the neighborhood from <laughs> to clean up the neighborhood from the Jared White guys who would come in with their bullshit. Like this is this is able here. Like he's he's a good man here. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna go with uh, with Plainview. Like Plainview is the best dad in my opinion. You know, he he tried to really be a family man. He got betrayed at every turn by you know his fake brother, by his son, uh, in in the end. And uh, you know, he he just ended up drunk and alone in his bowling alley. So you know, sh- shout out to that man. He he tried his best. I, I think Abel tried his best. Yeah, yeah, fine. I, I'll agree with you that Abel thinks he tried his best. Like, yeah. I think Abel definitely believes what he's doing is, is a good idea. I'll give you that. He he definitely thinks he's doing a noble thing by cleaning up the neighborhood. That's what I'm saying. Like... The, the fucking lily white suburban neighborhood that was perfectly <laughs> fine and quiet. Like, that, it really needed some cleanup. But all right. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's a good man. So yeah, I, I I don't know where we're going next, but uh, we'll be back next week to break down more movies and books and all that good stuff. This has been the Last Man Pod, and thank you for listening. Remember to always make a preemptive strike.